Welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast, brought to you by NABPAC, the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. I'm your host, Michaela Isler, NABPAC's Executive Director. Welcome to Episode 1 of our special five-part election series, where today we explore the ascension of mobile devices as tools of political action, engagement, and prediction. That's right, Michaela. The diminished capacity of public opinion polling has only been exacerbated in 2020, and people are turning to new metrics, new devices, and mobile activation. All of it is so much more important, Abigail Cave, as you have seen that isolation that's been brought on by the coronavirus pandemic. Absolutely. Voters are increasingly apprehensive to speak to journalists and pollsters. The dynamics of campaigning in real life and digitally have changed a great deal recently. Yeah, Abigail, the new paradigms and best practices are really what we're after today in our conversation with Eric Rosedahl from Phone to Action. But first, welcome back to the podcast fold, Abigail Cave. We've missed you. I've missed you guys. You should just all move out to Wyoming with me. It's been a little bit lonely without you. We had our good friend Jan who filled in ably and we've had great guests and we're excited about the election and our five-part series but honestly abigail you've been really you've seen and talked to so many folks what are people saying out where you are about the debate that uh, america is still reeling from yeah that debate was not great but I think people are feeling just disillusioned. It's politics as usual, and people are looking at this and thinking, is this really all we've got? Like, is this all that these two parties have to offer? And I encourage people, and I would encourage our listeners, to look down the ballot. The two people at the top of the ballot is not all we have to offer. The Both parties have extraordinary talent on local, state levels that definitely get buried by what's happening on Fox News and CNN and MSNBC. But I think it's important to look look down and see who the emerging talent is in both parties and even in parties that are not in the major two. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point, Abigail. Everybody's so focused on the top of the ticket, but there's a lot of important elections that we need to be considering on election day. I think at this point, let's get to this, Mr. Belmar, let her rip. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NABPAC activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. And today's kickoff of our election special series is brought to you by these early sponsors of our post-election conference, Walmart, NFIB, Coke Industries, Cision, Dunn Associates, Access Marketing Services, Sajak Public Affairs, Kilbride Public Affairs. Don't miss four days of insight, advice, and hard-fought wisdom for every professional in the PAC space. Registration is open, and you have not missed your chance to sponsor this series or the post-election conference. Thanks, Adam. And now for our special guest, Eric Rosedahl, Head of Alliances and Stakeholder Impact at Phone to Action. Welcome to the Facts About PACs podcast, Eric. Hey, it's great to be here, Michaela. Let's get a real-time benchmark right out of the gate. What kind of results are your clients achieving over these last 90 days? Since the start of the pandemic, we are seeing historic activity across our platform. Over 14 million actions have been taken since March. That's eight times more than 2016, which was a presidential year. 
That's 32% more than 2019. So what we're really seeing is that your advocates at home, they're concerned and they're paying attention and they want to be helpful. Eric, I love phone to action. I am a user of the product, but I want to talk for a second about the space generally for our audience. What we're really talking about is a platform that is designed for the mobile world that we live in, and it helps to connect people with lawmakers at the federal, state, and local level through their portals so that you can literally make that connection and send something where before it would have to be a phone call, it could still be, but it would also have to be something that was written. This has brought advocacy at least directly to legislators into the 21st century. You want to tell people more about it? Yeah, people are really taking action because they're given the tools. I'm really starting to see advocacy becoming very similar to how brands like Netflix or Amazon or Zillow communicate with their customers. Why are those brands so successful? Because it's mobile. They can take action easily with a couple data points. We allow advocates or your employees or your supporters to take action very simply, mobily. And so that's what we're really seeing, the renaissance of going from a desktop or a laptop to mobile. We're finding seven out of 10 advocates are responding from alerts using a mobile phone or tablet. So you really have to make sure that that experience is very few barriers and it has to be mobile. The ability to multiply the traditional effect of government affairs is something that people in Washington are always after because making those connections where they used to be in person certainly cannot be now. How much do you see your clients looking at this space and saying, yes, it's not one or the other. These complement the government affairs work that we're already doing. You're exactly right, Adam. What we're seeing is traditional lobbying organizations like the National Restaurant Association, They needed a huge, massive response because restaurants needed help. Their employees needed help. So they went out not only to their membership, but they also went out to their social media networks and to the families of their employees and their members. They got over 200,000 supporters to weigh in with Congress. And that just shows that if you have your lobbyists here in Washington, but you also cascade that out what we're seeing is that COVID really created that perfect storm of traditional lobbying, then also having the boom effect of grassroots where people want to help their industry. They want to engage. They want their legislators to hear their voice and they want action taken. Eric, so how much of this do you think is at play as it relates to who's carrying the message? Who's sending the message? It matters immensely right now. People are going to take action if they trust the brand, the organization that is sending that message. When a text message is sent, 99% of those texts from an organization are open. And what we're also seeing is, is that they're opened right away. So in less than 90 seconds, the text is opened. And most of the time, an action is taken. Seven out of 10 actions are taken mobily now. When you get a text, you get you see that right away. And if it's from a trusted brand or an organization that you've opted into, you're probably gonna wanna help them out because you trust that organization, you wanna make a difference. So the power of text is really where the future of advocacy is heading. I've got to imagine, Eric, there is a lot of possibility when it comes to PAC solicitations via text messaging. 
I want to drill down a little bit on just sort of the association impact space. And to that end, what should our listeners be considering? I was talking to a PAC director the other day and they were having a member-wide teletown hall. And the last request was, was like, hey, you know, we have a big election coming up. We've got a couple more candidates that we need to support. Um, will you please help the PAC? Will you text whatever the, the short code was? In less than five minutes, they raised $20,000. Cuts through all the, the noise. It cuts through all the clutter. So we talk to PAC directors all the time about this is, it's another tool in your toolbox. When I first started in PACs, was you'd have to send out a mailing and you'd have to do a PAC fundraiser. Well, now you could have a quick election update and at the end of the election update say, hey guys, if you really want to help out our PAC, would you please take out your phone and text support our PAC? But what you also do by that is you start building a list. The next quarter, you could say, hey, you gave in this, the third quarter. Now we're at the end of the year. Can you make one more contribution? And it just becomes kind of part of the cadence of, of your fundraising over a year. I mean, I remember sending solicitations to homes and the lag time and getting the responses was just weeks and months sometimes. So to have that opportunity in real time is going to be, I think, a game changer. But I'm curious, because as you know, data security has always been very important in the PAC space in particular. Talk to us a little bit about how the digital mobile engagement, could that put PACs in jeopardy? Our clients' data, they own their data. We are a company that follows every protocol and every rule regarding data. And so as PAC directors, you have to be, because you're dealing with personal information and financial information, and, and we understand that. And so we value data protection is, is key. Hey, Michaela, I want to point out that I use this platform on an important campaign related to the CARES Act this calendar year. And it really brought to the four issues that I'm talking about today for all of our audience, and Eric has just spoken to as well. You have to have a privacy policy. It has to be in place. Facebook and other social media entities that are accepting dollars to reach people where they are requires all of these stipulations. And as a best practice for all of us, it takes work. It is workflow and you don't really know exactly how to do it until you've been through it. And that's what I found with Phone to Action. I do also think that as we come up on the election, Eric, NABPAC and all of our members are thinking about, okay, what's next? The 117th Congress is right around the corner. What's the major test for you and your competitors after this election? We've created what we call, it's called Convo, and it's basically the mad libs of advocacy. And so basically a supporter would go to uh, a landing page and they would start answering questions like, what's your name? My name's Eric. What's your zip code? And it would ask you basic questions. You know, what's your top issue? And by the time you answer these questions, you'd have a beautifully scripted letter from Eric Rosdahl that would say, my name is Eric Rosdahl. I'm your constituent. I care about keeping PACs healthy and vibrant. And I really encourage you to pass legislation that allows employee PACs to grow. And so I, I think as we head into the next Congress, staff and legislators are really looking for organic, real stories about how legislation is impacting them. And that's, that's where really, really where we're heading is allowing folks to tell their story 
Eric, that is really exciting. And I think the point about creating that personal connection with their lawmaker, telling their personal story, provides that authentic appeal. Is, is this new offering a result of members of Congress saying that they get the same form letter from everyone and they don't really see it as real? The feedback we were getting from our clients was we're sending 50 letters up and they don't seem to recognize that these are their constituents. We need to figure out a way that each of our letters is impactful. And so what we did was we went to the drawing board and we said, you know what? We need to have or allow a constituent to tell their individual story. And that's how we came up with Convo. Well, Eric, I just want to thank you so much for being on our show today. And thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Michaela and Adam, I loved that topic and the great discussion. And coming up next week, part two of the Facts About PACs election special. Digital campaign guru Eric Wilson joins us exclusively to discuss bottom line business implications of making the wrong decisions in your campaign effort. Thanks, Abigail. And thank you to all of our listeners for making us the number one PAC podcast in America. Until next week, stay safe, stay engaged, and keep moving forward.